Do you think I should put a trigger warning at the front of this episode? Because I'm thinking about Absolutely it. you should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. You should 100% do that. Hey, listeners, are you uncomfortable with the idea of potential incest? So if you are... I mean, we don't know for sure that's where this is going. There's certainly an implication. Segwaying a little bit here, um, I, I, I admittedly... And, off, and, I, there, and off David goes on a segue. Yeah, vroom, vroom. <laughs> here I go. Uh, I wanted to ask, uh, I mean, I, you told me the story, but um, one of the reasons we couldn't get together to record recently, and I kind of fell back on the, uh, the original pilot episode of UCA, was because you had a very unique kind of internet issue that kept us from communicating uh, oh yeah, that did happen. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to share the story with our intrepid listeners. Not that sure, it's like sure, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I have fiber internet. I have a very fast fiber internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, I was getting all ready to record with you guys, and the internet was just not working at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, come to find out, um, our neighbors had hired gardeners. And uh, one of the gardeners cut through our fiber cable. (laughs) (laughs) Completely on accident, I assume. Completely on accident, but also they were digging kind of probably deeper than they should have been. (laughs) Are you sure they were gardeners and not like some like forensic investigators trying to find something in the yard? But they they weren't digging like super deep because... uh, the, the 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 neighbors um initially did not seem to think it was their responsibility to pay for what had happened oh that's bubkiss but uh a, they outed themselves as dicks but uh a, a, a basically it didn't end up mattering because uh once the fiber company like saw what had happened they were like oh we the whoever installed which whoever installed this initially didn't didn't put the fiber deep enough. Oh. So they didn't end up charging us anything to fix it. That's cool. That's a silver lining to the whole thing. It did. But yeah, it it did it did take me out of internet for a couple of days there. Yeah. Um, which is why I appreciated everybody. I'm glad people seem to have enjoyed the uh, the pilot episode. Is a little bit of a change of pace, but now we're we're back at it. We've arranged our schedules. We're here. We're ready to uh, indulge in some uh, fan or listener, or in this case, um, uh, past past uh, guest host. No, not guest host. Past guest author. Yeah. Featured author? I don't know. Anyway, this is Undercooked Analysis, and I never script this ever, 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 ever. I'm David. Yeah. I do that. Hi, my name is Alan. Uh, I don't script this either. Um, it would be weird if one of us scripted it and didn't tell the other. Ha ha, um, that's great, Alan. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, I, uh, what I, we do have, actually, I wanted to kind of lean into this a little bit, is we have a, I had an interest, this was inspired by a conversation I had on Twitter with uh, William Dalfin, who is um, someone who we have read on the show before. A long time ago, we actually read uh, The Crawling House on Black Pond Road which was oh. a story he wrote. Do you, uh, do you remember that one? Uh, it sounds familiar. It had a lot of bugs. I might not have been there for that one, but... I don't think you were. I think that was one with Eli and Kylie. You have to understand, people are always like, yo, some people like remember this way better than I do at this point, but I always tell people I don't have to remember them because I lived it. <laughs> right. What the but, fuck was Happy Happy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even... I don't... I, something about, I don't know, an apple on a stick and... There was something about fireproof houses. I don't know. Anyway, Mm. um, all I know is uh, William uh, basically said in a a tweet, I'm always saying that I'm my own worst critic. I start to write things, maybe even finish them, then go back and reread them and trash everything. Now it's your turn. What's the worst thing I've ever written? So he names a few stories, but I chimed in. We'd be happy to read and critique something of yours on Undercooked Analysis with your permission. We enjoyed The Crawling House on Black Pond Road way back when and would be delighted to look at anything you'd wish to have raw feedback on. And he said, certainly shred it and sent me a link to this story, which is called 
a tiller of the ground. Huh. Uh, All right. it, yeah. So, uh, William, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, thank you for sharing it already. Uh, I have, n- I don't really know what to expect, except that there's a lot of labels on it saying this is not safe for work. And we have covered stuff like this on the podcast before. I pre-screened it a teeny bit, basically skimmed it, trying to see if there was anything too terrible. And I think it's in acceptable levels, but uh, we'll see. Um, obviously, if it gets to a certain point, we might we might second guess ourselves here a little bit. But I, I, I there think better be dicks. There probably will be dicks. I don't know. Maybe it's about Hashtag tilling. Hashtag probably dicks. <laughs> Hashtag probably dicks. Uh, yeah, so I think without further ado, we can get right into this. By the way, this is a no-sleep story, but it doesn't have a no-sleep title, so already, like, points. Already points for, for not going with the lowest common denominator. Thank you, William. You're better than that. No no-sleep title, probably dicks. I, I'm on board fully. When you say probably dicks, it for some reason makes me think of that, um, you know, who's been drawing dicks? <laughs> you know, the, 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 sorry, I've been listening to a lot of, like, creative exercise YTPMVs recently, and uh, yeah. there's that one. Anyway, yep. Oh, I remember it. Uh, you think good and evil don't exist? That ain't true. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. I've even seen the devil. Our family was small. My pa wasn't but five inches tall. <laughs> <laughs> this is a story about Lilliputians. Our family was small. Just my parents, my older brother Jacob, and me. Ma always doted on me being a baby and all, much to Pa's annoyance. He'd tell her at the dinner table, stop babying him, gal. And she'd coo at him and say, don't you worry, he'll grow up big and strong just like your other son. That's already kind of weird. Yeah. I hoped so. I always admired my brother Jacob. He was tall like Pa and almost as strong too. Ma always liked to tell the story about when Jacob was six and he tried to help Pa work the plow and how the horses dragged him through the dirt and broke his arm, but he didn't even cry. He never cried. Maybe Jacob wanted to be like Pa, just like I wanted to be like Jacob. He even looks just like Pa when he was my, that age, Ma would say. I'll never forget the... Oh, sorry. I, I, I started to power ahead. And I shouldn't. Yeah, this, is, this is a hell of a sentence, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's give this one the weight it deserves. I'll never forget the night Satan destroyed our family. <laughs> but I can't just jump in right... I can't just jump right to that. Really now? Bearing really? the lead a little it bit. It seems huh? like you did. <laughs> <laughs> Satan destroyed our family. You're about to find out. How, how did Satan destroy our family? Well. <laughs> we were good Christian people. I'd say grace at every meal, a prayer at bedtime. Even combed the nuts. I almost said comb the nuts. <laughs> even combed the nits out of my hair to look nice for church on Sunday. If there was one person in town more devoted to the Lord than me, it was Pa. It was him that made sure me and Jacob grew up right, showed proper respect to him and Ma, and followed the teachings of the Bibble. Ah, yes, the Bibble. Not many other people from town would stop and talk to us after church. I thought most looked at our family with jealous eyes because of what we had. I even saw old lady Milton give Ma the stink eye once we were heading once as we were heading to our car after a service. Broken sentence. But I didn't say nothing because it wouldn't be right to speak ill of someone, even when they're thinking bad thoughts at you. And that wasn't actually a broken sentence in the story. That was me not reading correctly. No, I, I, that's good to clarify. Um, So when do we get to the Satan? (laughs) Yeah. Of course they're going to be good Christian people or else Satan destroying the family would have as much of an impact. If that's literally what happens, I have a feeling that's not. That's not to say I never got in trouble. I wasn't no saint by any means, and sometimes Jacob would talk me into playing hooky with him to go fishing down at the river, or shirk a chore he thought Pa wouldn't notice hadn't got done while he was away in town. Sometimes even Ma would be in on it, and she'd encourage me to go play, knowing I still had to milk the cows or feed the pigs. I knew I'd get in trouble if Pa found out, but Ma would stroke my head and whisper that she wouldn't tell. She was so good at convincing me to do what I knew was wrong, and she didn't have to tell Pa. Most of the time, I'd feel guilty after and try to make up the work, and if I couldn't, I'd just confess to Pa myself, though I tried to keep Jacob or Ma out of it. That didn't, that didn't rarely work. That didn't rarely work. Okay, that's a little awkward. That didn't rarely work, of course. Pa had a way of sniffing the guilt out of us. He was like a bloodhound for guilt. I made that part up, that last part. That was me. 
Whenever it came down to punishment, though, I got off easy. Maybe it was because of my age. But whenever I got in trouble, I'd get sent to a corner to read the good book. Jacob's punishment was always being out, put out in the fields to work, sometimes long into the night. I felt bad that Jacob's punishment was always more severe than mine. Pa would get him hours later, and he'd clearly be exhausted, but he always had a determined look on his face, too. Like he would have worked till, until the next day if he had to. All he did was stand out in the field. I think my brother was a scarecrow. <laughs> hey, you know what? You could say he's outstanding in his field. He is. <laughs> that was terrible. It worked. <laughs> Ma would bring him a glass of water and pet his hair and tell him how good he was. Of course, then I'd be caught watching from the corner and they'd shoo me back to reading and staring at the wall while they can fill him back up with, hey, oh yeah, he's a scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a scarecrow, everybody. I made, I made that part up. It was one of those nights of punishment when I first saw it. Pa had gone into town after lunch. Jacob was out by the road fixing some fencing, and I was cleaning out the hayloft. Ma came into the barn, looking pretty as ever, with her glowing smile, and called me down when she handed me a glass of lemonade. She said it was just such a fine day as she petted my cheek. Such a lovely day. It was a shame to waste it all cooped up, and that I should go down to the river and play for a bit. Not too long, though, she laughed and gave me a pinch. Your father will be back before dinner. So I ran down to the river thinking about skipping stones and listening to the wind rustle through the trees. Of course, when you're little, you don't have a good sense of time. And it turned out a season of frog eggs had hatched when distracted me for hours. When Ma sent Jacob to look for me, I was soaked to the core from falling over trying to catch tadpoles. I ate like 40 of them before they finally found me. <laughs> Can't resist a good juicy tadpole. <laughs> I'm a weird kid. <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't any evidence, I mean, you know, well, with me cat eating frogs and my my brother being a professional scarecrow you twit he smirked at me <laughs> i don't know why that made me laugh just now yeah twit how often do you hear this people would... call twit <laughs> god there's what uh, what else i like pe calling people a dingbat <laughs> ding i i did that's a good one that's a good one you ever, do you ever call anybody nincompoop unironically um i don't think i've ever used that one but, like, I've used dingbat, but I've called someone a fucking dingbat before. Dude, fucking dingbat is great. Just to combine, like, <laughs> combining, like, a word like dingbat with, like, the the earnest anger of, of the F-bomb, if you use it right. You, you fucking dingbat. fucking dingbat. <laughs> it's really good. Can we, can we, can that be, like, our new thing? Like, when, when I, I say that we're just a couple of dingbats? Yeah. A couple of fucking dingbats? Look at this fucking dingbat. Yeah, get a load of this fucking dingbat. Can you believe this fucking dingbat? <laughs> you twit, he smirked at me. <laughs> you fucking dingbat. You fucking dingbat. <laughs> Is this what you've been up to? We gotta get home. Dad'll be there any minute and you need to change into something dry. <clears throat> I realized Jacob was right. The shadows had gotten long while I wasn't paying attention. Aw, oh, nuts. <laughs> Okay. We, sprint, <laughs> we sprinted back like a tornado was on our heels. But when we got there, Pa's truck was already parked out front, and there he sat on the porch waiting for us. He looked more disappointed than angry, which was a relief because it meant things wouldn't be too bad that time. So I do want to pause for a bit of analysis. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a good point. Um, there's not a whole hell of a lot going on yet. And I think that's probably why he mentioned the whole Satan thing early on. Because mm -hmm. without that, there's no real hook yet. Right. So I think that's the reason that's so blatantly telegraphed there at the beginning. Because there's... otherwise, this is just uh, like fucking Huck Finn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a feeling there's going to be more to this. Yeah. But uh, let's see. I mean, I'm with. I'm, I'm kind of with you. Not that I'm not enjoying like the immersion into the setting, but yeah, it's very folksy, very down on the farm. This is a farm. That's why we admit. That's why we both fail into like you know, little bit of southern, little bit of little bit of Kansas. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm technically always a little bit of Kansas. A little bit of Kansas in my life. <laughs> Pa. I'm one of them suburban Midwesterners. That's that's fair. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know really know how to respond to that. You're, I mean, 
you just are. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Pa, I, I stammered. Go inside now, he said with a nod. He was looking at Jacob. I glanced at Jacob and realized Pa misunderstood the situation. I had to make things right. Sir, I said, this was my fault. Jacob had nothing to do with it. He just went and got me when, we, when he realized I was gone. You wanted to go Oliver Twist for a second there? Yes. Sir, father. <laughs> Please, sir, I want some more. That right, Jacob? Pa cocked his head at Jacob. No, sir, Jacob said to my astonishment. I won't let him lie for me. We're both guilty here. I didn't know what to say. I couldn't understand why Jacob was lying and allowing himself to get in trouble. It wasn't going to lessen my punishments. If anything, it was going to make things worse. Pa sat there a while, staring at both of us. And he just sat there staring at us for quite a while. The end. (laughs) It was really awkward. I could see the heat rising in his face. Finally, he pointed at me. You, get inside and get up to your room. My room? I didn't normally go to my room as punishment. You're done for the day. Get ready for bed. My common sense was screaming that for me to shut up and do as he said, but my mouth kept going. Why? There it was, the glint of anger in his eye. We could see him clenching and releasing his fist to try to contain his rage at my defiance. For lying to me on top of everything. Now get. It'll be all right, Jacob whispered, nudging me forward, but all I could think of was how it would have, uh, how it would have been if I, he hadn't lied. Inside, Ma was watching from the oven. Oh, Mm. <laughs> my, mom, mom was watching from by the oven <laughs> <laughs> did i mention my mom's name is sylvia plath <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> <Woo! laughs> this is a horror podcast everybody remember <laughs> ah the people googling that name right now <laughs> It it wouldn't even be the first time we've mentioned it on this podcast. (laughs) Inside, Ma was watching from by the oven while she stirred a pot of soup. She gave me a sad, guilty-looking smile, then ushered me over to her. Leaning down, she kissed me on the forehead. I'm so sorry, my sweet boy. It'll be all right. I didn't lie, I insisted. She just shook her head. You'll understand someday. Will I, though? People are acting weird. I felt tears welling up in my eyes, and I, and I hurried to my room, embarrassed. I didn't dare slam the door, but I really wanted to. Instead, I took my frustration out by opening the sh- and shutting my drawers really forcefully until I had calmed down. <laughs> I like that. That's such a fucking little kid thing to do. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> As I watched out the window, Paul led Jacob into the fields. When they were out of sight, I brushed my teeth, said my prayers, and got into bed. Neither Pa nor Ma came to check on me, so I just lay there with my hands together, asking Jesus to help me understand why Jacob had done what he did. Hours crept by. I remember hearing Pa and Ma down in the kitchen talking and having dinner. Pa mostly grumbled loudly stuff I couldn't understand, while Ma said things like, that's okay, and you know they love you. Eventually, I drifted off to sleep. Dunk. When I woke up, the moon was peeking through my window. I didn't know what time it was, but it felt late enough that everyone else must have been in bed. I could hear crunching coming from outside, and I rolled over to, take a, to look out the window, wondering if one of the cows had gotten loose. The horror I felt when I saw our scarecrow walking by in the moonlight was like my heart was clawing its way up to my throat. Hang on. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> oh, Alan. So, Alan. So, Alan. I... <laughs> Did not read ahead. No, you didn't. <laughs> I I was not going to say a thing because I did scan. Like I said, I had to skim the story a little bit ahead of time. So the fact that there's a scarecrow in this. Yep. No, I I, I have not read a sentence of this story before. And yep. here, and here we are. <laughs> Whoo. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's see. So, so that tells you that tells you a little bit about the, uh, you know, the writing kind of informing where where Alan's mind is going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I'm as surprised as you are, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I think you still need to finish reading that one, though. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Oh. I, I think I interrupted you at Scarecrow walking by in the moonlight. The horror I felt when I saw our Scarecrow walking by in the moonlight was like my heart was clawing its way up my throat. <clears throat> Let me tell you about our Scarecrow. His name is Jonathan Crane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Heavy gas filled my lungs. <laughs> oh, poor little bat. You're in my world now. Also, I'm the Batman. Did I mention that previously? <laughs> I walked downstairs and my mom and pa had been shot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't tell you where we live. Gotham, Kansas. <laughs> Let me tell you about our scarecrow. It wasn't anything fancy or nothing, but it did the job. Just one of Pa's old checkered shirts and a pair of extra-large overalls Grandpa Ulysses had gotten from Goodwill. All stitched together like a bag with a pair of shoddy gardening gloves and shit kickers and stuffed with straw. The head was a burlap sack that someone had sewn a pair of big, black, shiny shoe buttonized on. Pa had said it had been part of the family for generations. Or they'd had it when he was little and his Pa before him. When a piece of the clothes got too ragged or old, they'd get replaced. But it was the same burlap head as he remembered when he was a child. And it was walking through our front yard toward the barn. Um, I will say that I'm getting, I'm I'm suddenly getting flashbacks to um, the story Harold from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, A a movie we saw together. Mm -hmm. I was high. Um, And to be honest. um, Oh yeah, this story. (laughs) The, the part, the part where uh, Harold stabs the guy with the pitchfork, and like he's barfing up hay and turning into a scarecrow, um, fucked with me super hard while I was high. Oh, I bet. Actually, um, I didn't. I thought you were. That's that's a different that's a different story than I was anticipating. But yeah, Jesus. No, no, but like like my mouth was all dry. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It was, yeah. Apologies. I think Gracie was was freaking out and she was having traumatic flashbacks about that movie. Much yeah. like I did when I scared everybody by freaking the hell out when the That also happened. When the tow lady from the haunted house thing, the thing that has haunted my nightmares for years, appeared on screen and screamed at me. Yep. Uh fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that forever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was frozen in fear. Normally the scarecrow. The scarecrow. The scarecrow normally the scarecrow <laughs> hangs draped out in the far field like a sack of old potatoes. But by n- that night it had grown. The buttons on its shirt were straining to burst. Straw was spilling out of it, and yet it kept moving. I walked like a robber in a cartoon, picking up the boots with each step as it crept across our yard. It walked. Sorry, it walked like a <laughs> robber in a cartoon picking up the boots with each step as it crept across our yard under the light of the moon. Just as it was about halfway to the barn, the head rotated on its neck and looked up directly at my window. Creepy. I ducked down, knowing for certain Satan himself had just seen me. I didn't know what to do, because my instinct was to run to Ma and Pa and tell them what I saw. But I was so stunned by the terror of it, Al, that I immediately started questioning whether what I had seen was real or my imagination. I didn't want to get in a bigger trouble for waking Pa up with crazy stories of the devil in our scarecrow. When I peeked back up over the window, the yard was empty. I sighed and relaxed a little before other thoughts started going through my head. Was it real? What if it saw me looking at it and was coming to get me as I knelt there? I dove back into bed, but I couldn't sleep. I lay there huddled under my covers, listening for the sound of it breaking a window downstairs or even just crunching as it walked across, back across the yard. Neither sound ever came. So, uh, want to make some some early story predictions? Um, I think I already did. <laughs> yeah, I think you pretty much did. So let's <laughs> let's uh, let's I, I, let's keep going because there's a page break here. Yeah. Okay. Page break. <clears throat> Morning came, and I jumped out of bed when the rooster crowed, hurrying to get dressed and downstairs. Pa was already up as usual, making breakfast. He looked at me with a stoic expression. And I asked if he had seen something I wanted to tell him. Or if I had something I wanted to tell him. Not seen. Sorry, I'm projecting here. And so I had something I wanted to tell him. My first thought was to start yammering that I'd seen Satan in our scarecrow last night. Then I realized that wasn't the answer he was looking for. I'm sorry, sir, I said. For what? I sighed. For lying. He nodded, then handed me a plate of eggs and toast. 
After my morning meal, I went and did my chores, but I steered clear of the far field where the scarecrow was. I almost convinced myself that the whole thing had been a dream, but part of me deep inside couldn't get over the notion that it felt too real to have been imagined. Was I crazy? Maybe I'd fallen asleep and had one of them real vivid nightmares where you wake up and think you'd been awake to begin with. Jacob came, Jacob came by at one point and tussled my hair. I thought about asking him why he'd lied about everything yesterday, but instead I decided to ask him something else. You ever eaten a tadpole? <laughs> <laughs> you ever been to a Turkish prison? <clears throat> you believe in the devil? He looked half surprised and half amused by my question. Sure, why? You think he's like a physical person? I'm sure he uh, enjoys physical affection as much as the next person. I mean, <laughs> or like, do you think a fi- like he's like a physical person or like a frog? <laughs> the devil is a frog. It, do you think the frog devil would be angry if I ate its children? <laughs> do you think the frog? Uh, do you think the scarecrow is actually a bunch just a bunch of angry frogs in a in a scarecrow outfit? You mean can you run into him? Hell, I don't know. He set down the tools he was carrying and squinted at me. Why are you asking? Last thing I wanted was Jacob laughing at me, thinking I was a silly little baby. I had a dream about him. Oh, yeah? What do you look like? I saw the scarecrow in my mind. He had black eyes and no mouth. Couldn't have been the devil then. Why is that? Well, that's how he gets you, isn't it? He's the great deceiver. He's got no mouth. What's he going to lie to you with? He winked at me and tapped the side of his nose, then, grabbing the tools, went back to what he was doing. By the end of the day, I was more certain than ever that I had dreamed it all, a product of my guilty mind. I must have felt so ashamed of myself for letting everything go wrong yesterday that I dreamed the purveyor of eternal punishment had come up from hell to take me back with him. After our most recent shenanigans... (laughs) Our ding battery... Tomfoolery... (laughs) Ignoramusery... Yep, oh. that was enough words. <laughs> fair, fair. Trying, and I yep. couldn't, 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 couldn't come up with another one. No, nope. Jacob and I were as good as angels, <laughs> trying to appease Pa. Up at dawn, doing our chores, getting homework done as soon as we got home, properly washing our plates after dinner, reading silently until bedtime, having unsexy thoughts so it's not to give the devil access. <laughs> Don't give the devil even the remotest bit of entry or a scarecrow is going to come into your room at night and make you eat tadpoles. <laughs> developed quite a head cannon. <laughs> yeah, this, this happens when it's just the two of us, I swear to God. Reading silently until bedtime, then giving Pa a hug and kissing Ma goodnight before heading off to bed. Kiss your dad square on the lips. <laughs> yes. Ma would smile and pet us gently and tell us what lovely sons she had. And no devil came around. I was relieved. Almost a week passed before I saw him again. Him being Pa. <laughs> pa just up and left. He went to, He said he was going out for cigarettes. Pa fucked off to Woodstock for a week. Came back <laughs> a different man. He was way chiller. Let us do whatever we wanted. House smelled funny for a while. <sighs> Is this me? Yeah, it's you again, because I always had almost a week had passed before I saw him again. That was me. Gotcha. I hadn't even done anything wrong that day. Maybe I said my prayers a little too fast. (laughs) (laughs) Hail Mary, full grace, will this with thee? I saw kind of a sexy rock and maybe had kind of an impure thought about it. I was going to say, like, doing prayers that fast, it's like a tongue twister. I hadn't even done anything wrong that day. Maybe I said my prayers a little too fast before climbing into bed. I wasn't sure. All I knew was I woke up to the sound of soft swishing from outside. (laughs) Rolled over still half asleep, and there was the scarecrow walking out in the field again. It lurched past Pa's truck, swinging its arms like it had trouble steadying itself. Its boots thumped with each step, louder than before. Not the least bit concerned with being noticed. There was a scream inside me, but it was trapped down in my gut. I was paralyzed, unable to look away. I don't think I would have been even been able to hide if it turned its head to look at me again. Fortunately, it didn't. Just kept walking right past the house and out toward the barn. So I watched it. It stopped at the front do- barn door. The barn door. The big As I watched, it stopped at the barn door, pulled open the door, and entered. 
I can see faint light coming from the inside. Old Lady Milton. <laughs> That's an interesting swear. I guess you have to say that in place of sweet Jesus. <laughs> I don't know why I found that so funny. No, it is funny. Old Lady Milton. <laughs> the, I whispered, pulls tearing off them the, off. Pulls I whispered, off the, whispered tearing off their mask. <laughs> yeah, the same mindset. Old Lady Milton, the creepy church lady. And I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you blasted farmed boys. You fucking dingbats. <laughs> I don't know why that was my first thought, but I felt certain she had cursed us. <laughs> Fucking bitch. <laughs> Envious of our loving, devout family. Despite my paralyzing fear, I felt an obligation. I had to do the Lord's work and drive the devil out. Probably should capitalize the L on Lord, just a little point there. Right. My hands were shaking as I got out of bed. My palms were sweaty, knees weak, arms, arms spaghetti, 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 spaghetti. Met the quota, met the quota. Good job. Proud of you. Grabbing my Bible and my housecoat. <laughs> Grabbing my Bible and my housecoat, I snuck downstairs, not daring to turn on any of the lights as I went. I crept through the dark house to the front door, avoiding all, avoiding all the known squeaky boards, and even held the clasp on the screen door so it wouldn't make Ma, wake Ma or Pa when I shut it. Every step I took through the yard sounded like the stomp of a hippopotamus in my ears. My vision was dampened by the cloudy night, but I could still make out a flickering firelight from beyond the barn door. I pondered what I'd find when I got there. Maybe a portal straight to hell itself. Every nerve was straining, my body tense, ready to turn tail and run if I need it, if need be, while I whispered to myself the Lord's Prayer, holding the Bible over my heart to protect me. My breathing got so ragged from the tension that I was sure the devil would hear me coming long before I got there. As I got closer, I heard a noise coming from inside the barn. It was faint at first, but the nearer I got, the clearer it became. It was a woman crying. It almost sounded like Ma. The last few feet, I crouched down low and scampered to the barn door to peek inside, wondering why Ma would be outside that late at night. The day will never come that I'll forget what I saw. Did, did you read ahead? No. The barn was lit by an oil, old oil lantern hanging from one of the beams. Just underneath it, someone had laid out one of our blue flowered picnic blankets that we'd sit on as a family to watch the fireworks in town. Boo. Okay, now I read ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Ma was laying on the picnic blanket in a robe and nightgown, her knees bent and legs apart, and the scarecrow was on top of her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is where Ned Not Safe for Word comes in. Uh, my first reaction was, Lord help me, Satan is attacking my mother. I crept the edge of the door, about to charge forward and leap on his back, tear at him with the tooth and nail if need be. But then I heard her cry out again and realized she wasn't in pain. It was sex. The devil was violating her. Or worse, she was giving herself willing to him. So... Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I wanted to yell to make them stop and see me, but at the same time, I felt a weird kind of curiosity. Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed to say I saw Ma's bare leg running up the scarecrow's side and her hands stroking his back as they ground against each other, and quietly I watched for a while, kneeling there, trembling, feeling scared and ashamed and angry. Eventually, I couldn't take it anymore, and I crept back to the house, looking over my shoulder the whole way as my mother's moans faded into the distance. Boo. (laughs) Every step, I was certain the barn door would swing open, and Satan in his scarecrow disguise would come bounding across the yard to snatch me up before I could get to safety. Once I got back to my room, I lay in bed, reliving what I'd seen in my head, listening for any sound of movement from outside. When I fell asleep, my dreams were of fire and brimstone, and my mob burning. There's a page break there, so um, um, so yep. f- kind of fridge horror. Yeah, definitely horror, but yep, most definitely horror. Um, the way it's being delivered is it, it works to elicit that horror, especially if you know you're reading reading the story pretty close and starting to put things together. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's still a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they get addressed or if what we are thinking here, based on certain comments made earlier and certain associations made between the Scarecrow and, mm-hmm. uh, and Jacob. Um, should, should, I, I guess we should just press on, should, shall we? I guess. Yeah. The following morning, when I got up, Pa was already out in the field with Jacob. Mom was cleaning the breakfast dishes, and though she smiled at me when I came into the kitchen, something fell off about the expression in her eyes. My Bible was on the breakfast table next to a bowl of oatmeal and a glass of orange juice. I picked it up, realizing I dropped it by the barn in my haste to get away last night. Where Were you outside with your book yesterday? Ma asked as she rinsed off her hands. Of course, the funny look in her eyes was worry. She was trying to hide her concern that I'd seen her with the devil, and I knew it. Thinking quick, I told a shameful lie. Is that where I lost it? I had it in my pocket, but it must have fallen out sometime. Ma closed her eyes and sighed, visibly relieved. I wasn't, I wasn't ready to let her off the hook, though, and I needed to know anyway whether her role in what I had witnessed last night was one of a willing partner, or was she being controlled by evil forces? I had a hard time believing that she would do what she did of her own free will. No one wants to believe their mother is Satan's whore. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, um real talk are you good to keep going yeah <laughs> yeah i'm good mm-hmm. i will bury the I, I i will i will prepare people if i have to because like i said i pre-screened this and i i i kind of i kind of had a sense that something like this was coming but not i don't know all the details yet okay and i almost kind of like that the horror is is between the lines and it's kind of like oh no oh no and we're, this is that point where you're smarter than the uh than the narrator, but we don't know that for sure yet. I'm still waiting for another shoe to drop. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Oh yeah, mom? <laughs> she blinked, unused to me calling her that. Yeah? Do you believe in hell? The question put her back on guard and she wrinkled her brow while at the same time trying to fake a laugh. What a question, of course I believe in hell. Why are you asking such a thing? The tension in the air that had started to dissipate returned and everything got quiet. Like all the background noise had just drained from the world. I couldn't hear anything save my own breathing and the tinking of the dishes as she stacked them on the drying rack. I don't know. I just wonder sometimes why people do things. I paused for a moment, watching her look out the window. Things they know will cause them to suffer later. Well, that's a good question. Ma turned back to the, from the sink, leaned against the counter, and forced one of her dazzling smiles. Maybe you should bring that up with the pastor on Sunday. I stared down at my oatmeal. I guess so. I didn't know what to make of it all. The, the, is that should be there? Um, the was a smidgen, yeah. There was a smidgen of doubt brewing inside me that was wondering if maybe what I'd seen wasn't real. After all, wasn't it possible the devil had been tricking me like Jacob said he does, trying to cause me to doubt my own mother? Only one thing in both scenarios was for certain. If what I'd seen was real, I needed to destroy that scarecrow. If what I'd seen was fiction, I needed to destroy the scarecrow. Either way, that scarecrow had to go. It was the vessel Satan was using, after all. With it gone, he had no way to get to us, neither my mother nor me. My only fear was facing it alone. Pa would think I was nuts, and I still wasn't sure if I trusted Ma. Somehow, I needed to get Jacob to help me. The chance came sooner than I thought it would. That afternoon, I was in the backyard splitting wood when Pa and Jacob returned from the fields in the middle of the heated argument. Their voices raised enough that I heard them coming. Someone slammed the screen door as they went inside, and a moment later, Ma crept out with a load of laundry to hang on the line. As she passed, she looked at me and shook her head to indicate that I should stay out. They were still yelling five minutes later when I finished up and went inside to wash my hands. There was a lot of back and forth, but the gist of their disagreement was over something that had been a sour point in the household for years. Namely, Jacob going to college. Jacob was 20, and he and had been convinced for years that Pa had money stashed away that could be used to help, at least help him get a GED. But whenever he breached the, broached the subject, subject, Pa would insist that there was no money, it was all on the farm, and that he needed both of us here to keep the place from collapsing into disrepair. What's going to happen when you and Mom are gone, Jacob shouted. He gestured at me. You expect us to live like a couple of hermits on this dilapidated old farm? Of course not. Pa was looking at his wit's end, and I wondered how long they'd be yelling at each other out in the field before coming inside. And it's not dilapidated. I need to get out, Dad, 
Jacob took Pa's hand, trying to get him to look in the eyes. But Pa pulled away. I want to build things. Pa glared at him. Like what? Office buildings? Like a family, for one. You got a family. Right here. Stop being so obtuse. Jacob's face turned red, and he threw his arms out as he yelled. His right hand slapped the old Chinese urn off the fireplace mantle, scattering Grandpa Ulysses' ashes across the floor. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Grandpa Ulysses got another shout-out in the story. <laughs> Everything froze. I was covering my mouth in a gasp. Jacob had his arms out in that angry, failing gesture, and Paw? Paw stood there staring at the urn. Went, as the urn went end over end, throwing out a spiraling cloud of, our father, of his father's remains. What have you done? It wasn't a question, just a whisper. Jacob let his arms drop to his sides and looked at the mess. I... What have you done? Pa roared. His hand shot out faster than I'd seen in years and struck Jacob so hard across the face a line of spittle flew off his lips. Oof. I flinched and grabbed my ears, trying to shrink out of sight. For a moment, I thought he, it, was, it was working too, too because my father seemed to grow larger, filling the space between him and Jacob. He hadn't, of course. Pa just spent so much, so often hunched over from toiling away every day in the fields that we weren't used to seeing him stand up straight. He really was a big man, like Ma always said. And even Jacob, as big and strong as he was, looked small next to him. Dad, Pa, I'm sorry, Jacob cried, holding his burning cheek. He dropped to the floor and tried to sweep up the ashes with his hands, but this only enraged Pa further, who grabbed him by the neck and lifted him off his knees with one hand. You're going out to the field tonight, boy. Pa, pa snarled through clenched teeth. I didn't mean to. I'd never seen Jacob so shaken. At the same time, something in the back of my mind said, this is exactly what I needed. This is providence, God's will. The voice in my head was right. It seemed awful to think it, but the pastor always said, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Ma came running in just as Pa turned Jacob toward the door. What happened? What are you doing to my boy? She looked at the mess on the floor and went quiet. Jacob twisted visibly in pain from my, the hand squeezing my, his neck. Ma, I'm sorry. He's got to learn his place, Pa said with a frightening calm in his voice. He shoved Jacob out of the front door, letting it slam shut behind them. Ma looked over at me. Fetch the broom. Be quick about it. In the kitchen, I got the broom and dustpan out of the cabinet. Looking out the window, I watched as Pa and a struggling Jacob cut across the lawn and disappeared among the crops. Thank you, God, I whispered. No problem, God said. <laughs> Me and God have conversations all the time. We had dinner in silence that evening. I said grace quietly to myself, and I saw Pa do the same, his large, powerful hands folded in front of him. Ma just looked out the window at the sun on the horizon with an unsettling sadness in her eyes. She didn't finish her meal either. I cleared the table for both, both of them when they were finished, taking every careful precaution to stay on Pa's good side. The last thing I needed was my own punishment preventing me from sneaking off to the field. In fact, I was terrified that as I stood at, I was terrified that as I stood at the sink, picking food off the dishes and plotting each of my next steps, the devil was out there actively plotting against me. As the night settled, we all sat in the living room and read while the news came over the radio. I wasn't really paying attention to what I was looking at, though. My mind was too preoccupied with visualizing each next move I needed to make. The forecaster on the radio warned of a thunderstorm approaching, and Ma leaned toward Pa, trying to keep her voice to a whisper. Are you going to make him stay out there all night? In the rain? Mm. Mm. Pa <laughs> sighed and shut his book. He looked for a long while at the spot on the floor where his father's ashes had been scattered. When, he got, when you got his anger up, he'd go off like a tea kettle. But just like a kettle, once the heat was off, he'd simmer and cool. I'll have him come in in an hour. Fair? Ma nodded. My mind was thrown into a panic. I had to move up my plans fast, or I'd have no one to help me when I went out to the field to confront the scarecrow. Matches. I needed matches. No, the devil lives in fire, and I risk burning the whole field down. What then? I was on the verge of pulling my hair out trying to come up with something when I had a sliver of an idea. Excuse me? I said, sticking my book in my pocket and standing up. Both parents turned to look at me. I needed something that wouldn't draw suspicion or get me in trouble. It's a little white lie in the name of righteousness. I just realized I forgot to uh, put them all back in the shed. I forgot to put Darth Maul back in the shed. Yeah. <laughs> He's really carving it up out there. 
you know what a double-sided lightsaber can do to our crops. <laughs> How do you know he's still out there? Oh, man. Oh, yeah, go, go put him back. Paul gestured to the front door with one hand. Better go do that. It's supposed to rain tonight. I don't want to run rust on my tools. Fetching a flashlight from the kitchen, I hurried out onto the porch. Even though they knew I was going outside, I still held the door so that it shut softly, like I was afraid to startle them. My first goal was achieved. I was out. Next, I walked around back to where the wood block was. I hadn't actually forgotten to put them all away, but I wanted them to hear me in the backyard just to avoid raising their suspicions. After shuffling around the yard for a minute, I walked back around to the shed and stood there looking at the mall in its proper place on the wall. Now, a mall is good for splitting wood, but I wasn't sure if I'd have enough leverage to swing it well as something up high like the scarecrow on its post. Fortunately, I had my pick of other implements on display on either side of the mall, mostly gardening tools, a trowel, a watering can, an old pair of pruning shears from before Pa pulled up all the bushes around the house to build Ma our garden, a shovel, and a spading fork with four 10-inch steel tines. Someone's about to get pitchforked to death. Yeah. I grabbed the fork off the wall and felt its weight and the balance in my hands. I wasn't strong, but with the fork, I didn't need to be. I just needed to pull all my weight behind it. Shutting the shed door, I was more determined than ever to go through with my plan. I knew I didn't have much time either, as Pa would no doubt be keeping an eye on the clock, and I could hear the soft rumble of thunder in the distance, hinting at the approaching storm. Ducking low, I dashed past the living room windows, across the driveway, and into the field. Immediately, I felt a wave of fear crash over me. Somewhere among the crops, Jacob was working, but somewhere else, there was a scarecrow, and it had the devil in it. Not to mention back of the house, Ma would soon be politely commenting that I was sure taking my time and wondering where I'd scampered off to. Time was of the essence, as they say. I needed to find Jacob and then the scarecrow. I could, I, I could heart my heart thumping in my chest. I had a heart-to-heart with my own heart. Hey, heart, chill the fuck out, you fucking dingbat. (laughs) Somewhere nearby, there came a rustling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, somewhere nearby, there came a rustling. (laughs) Right about them, them Duke boys was... (laughs) Or was it the wind? I shivered. Jacob, I whispered. No answer. I hurried down another row trying to use the stars for guidance, but they were quickly concealed behind heavy clouds. Crickets were mocking me, chirping excitedly until I got close, then going quiet. Off in the woods, an owl made its presence known. I'm an owl, it said. (laughs) Hey, hey, I'm here, in the woods. I'm an owl. Do you want to hear what I said again? Press the A button. Jacob. I called quietly, trying to keep my voice down. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. We're we're. I'm trying to get the wind back in my sails here. Still, still. No, no I know what you mean. <laughs> you're, I, know what you I mean. hope you appreciate what we're doing out there, everybody. Huh? You remember know what I mean. Was, remember when it was all eating tadpoles and uh... <laughs> old lady, old lady, whatever. Being under the scarecrow mask. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) dingbat. Fucking (laughs) dingbat. William, why did you do this to us? You fucking dingbat. Also, like, fuck you. (laughs) You fucking dingbat. (laughs) The wind picked up more, passing over me like a ghost, lifting my hair and playing with it. I gripped the fork's handle and held it against my side, trying to steady my trembling hands. Is that you? I heard Jacob's voice. A second later, he appeared from the darkness on my left, pale in the dim moonlight. What are you doing out here? Why do you have Ma's spade fork? Jacob! I was so overjoyed to find him, I almost dropped my weapon to give him a hug. The knot that had been tying itself in my stomach slackened and a tremor ran through me as I relaxed a little. I need your help. What's going on? Is it Dad? No, the Scarecrow. Jacob looked naturally puzzled. The scarecrow? What about it? I'll show you. I looked around. Where is it? You're going to get your hide tanned. You know that, right? He saw the determination on my face and shrugged. Fine, it's this way. Jacob turned on his heel and disappeared among the tall crops. I hurried after him, keeping just a step behind as he took his long strides down several rows. Then he stepped aside, gesturing in front of him, and I stopped dead in my tracks. There was the old cedar post, hammered into the ground decades before I was born. There was the old boots, dangling from the straw-stuffed pant legs. 
There was the checkered shirt, the sod-covered gloves sticking straight out in what I always felt was a disrespectful mockery of our Savior, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) There was the burlap head with its mouthless face and big black shoe-button eyes. As my gaze fell upon that expressionless face, I watched in horror as the head slowly tilted down and turned to look directly at me. Oh, shit. In an instant, I knew I was locking eyes with Satan. I started whispering a prayer to myself, even as I felt my bladder give up the ghost and a sudden warmth run down the inside of my leg. Jacob stood beside me. There it is. What, what were you planning to do? I had less than a moment to consider the question. Look, Scarecrow looked from me to Jacob. And down the spade fork in my hands, and seemed to realize what my intentions were. It reacted violently, straining against the straps that bound its arms to the perch. I could hear the old hemp ties creak in defiance. With only a moment of hesitation, I raised the fork, tucked the end up under my shoulder, and drove it up into the scarecrow with as much force as I could muster. The 10-inch steel tines cut through the overalls and shirt with ease, burying themselves in the scarecrow's torso and stopping only when they hit the post on the other side. In response, the scarecrow lurched like it was in agony, twisting so hard I lost my grip on the fork. A sound came from its burlap head, a pained, muffled mimicry of a human screaming. Jacob, help, I yelled. The fork handle swung toward me, and I barely managed to get a hand back on it and pull. Uh, uh, Okay, story. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The scarecrow screeched again in its human-like voice, jerking as the fork slid from its belly, slick black with blood. Before it could do anything, I plunged the sharp tines into it again, further up where I thought, certainly, the devil's heart would be. It didn't go as smoothly the second time, as blood was running down the handle, greasing my hands. The outer tines caught on something along the edges, stopping me from pushing the fork all the way in. It didn't matter, though. The scarecrow's thrashing and spasms were already weakening. Jacob! I was hysterical. Everything was getting dark, and I felt the first drops of rain hit me on the head as I tried to retain my grip on the fork handle. One more push, just for safe measure. The scarecrow convulsed, its hands flapping in their binds. Its feet went limp and sloughed off the... It's always a rough word. Slough. Sloughed off the perch one at a time, leaving it to hang by its arms. The red checkered shirt was stained with blood, and it was running down the tines and over my hands. The burlap head sagged down in defeat. I knew it was victorious. I turned to look at my brother. Did you see that? But Jacob was gone. Jacob? I could hear him running, his feet thumping in the dirt. Was my big brave brother actually a coward in the face of Satan? But then I realized the footsteps were getting closer, not more distant. And it wasn't my brother who appeared suddenly, brushing aside the tall stalks. It was Pa. What's going on out here? He wore an expression of concern, but when he saw the scarecrow with Ma's spade fork hanging out of it, his eyes got big as saucers and the scarlet tinge of anger returned to his face. What did you do? I had to stop him, I explained. He had the devil in him. What did you do? My father repeated, and again, and again. He was spiraling into a rage of madness like I'd never seen, and I couldn't understand why. It's the devil, Pa, I said meekly. I saw him... Fornicating with Ma in the barn the other night. Oh, boy. Pa grabbed the fork's handle and yanked it out of the scarecrow. I thought for sure he'd, he'd have a go at Satan himself when he heard what I just said, but instead he threw the implement off into the field and started putting his hands on the scarecrow's tress, uh, chest, pressing down and just saying over and over and over again, My boy, my boy. I'm okay, Pa. But he wasn't listening to me. Mm. Propping the scarecrow's body up against his chest, he undid the binds on the wrists and let it slump over his shoulder. He turned and knelt, cradling it like a baby, and then set it down in the soft dirt where he just laid there like a rag doll. The rain was picking up, coming down in a patter as he unbuttoned the neck of the scarecrow's shirt and started pulling the head off. Underneath was Jacob. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I got an issue. (laughs) Yeah. We'll address it. Uh huh. Since we're approaching the end, uh, William did tell us to shred it, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. He had a thick kerchief tied around that covered his mouth. It was dark with blood, and more was running down his chin and cheek. His eyes were open, but they didn't seem to be looking anywhere particular, like he was lost in a thought. But I saw Jacob. I couldn't finish even finish my sentence. 
Okay. That sentence you just said? Yeah. It's my whole fucking problem with the story. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ma appeared behind me, grabbing my shoulder tightly. What's the commotion? Is it Jacob? Pa was rocking back and forth, cradling Jacob in his arms and sobbing. I've never seen him cry before. Oh, Jacob, oh, my boy. Ma screamed, her howl piercing my brain, her fingers digging into my shoulders so hard she almost pushed me to my knees. Not Jacob. Oh, Lord, please, not my baby. She collapsed beside Pa and started stroking Jacob's hair and kissing his forehead. He's okay. Oh, my baby, he's going to be okay. I covered my ears to drown out the wailing, pulling so hard they felt ready to tear off. I felt the sting of warm tears fill my eyes and run down my face. This couldn't be Jacob. Jacob had been right there with me. He had led me to the scarecrow. I had seen him. Only it hadn't been Jacob. Jacob had been where he always was when Pa put him to the field, done up in the scarecrow's clothes to hide his harsh punishment from judgmental neighbors, forced to think on his sins. He was where he had been when Ma had gone to find and comfort him, her big, strong son who reminded her so much of Pa before he became so... You don't... Before he became so cold and cruel with bitterness and age. He was where he was when he and Ma had eventually found comfort in each other. I had never known and could not understand for at the time I was too young. No, it hadn't been Jacob that led me there that night. It had been Satan. Satan beat me after all. He used my family's sins to destroy us. Our tears, Jacob's blood, my parents' inconsolable wailing, clutching each other and their dead son. It all mixed together in the rain and thunder of the earth. Uh, Okay. Whew. Okay. Okay. So close to sticking the landing. Yeah. Um, I, 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 w- I was really under the impression for a second there that we were like, when we were at the, like, I, I, I feel like I kind of get what was being got for there. Cause it was almost like a lurch. We had that big lurch at the beginning when we realized what was actually happening. Right. Yeah. And then the weird lurch when for a second I'm reading it, we get to the part where Jacob is with the narrator. Yeah. And the scarecrow lifts his head. And a part of me is like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. That and then. out is not good. <laughs> no, it's. And not even because like. It's not not good because like it gave an out. Like we're not. Disapp- How do I. I'm not. This? I'm not. Even, okay. I think I think we're on the same page here, though. I'm not even disappointed. Like again, the horror. I'm not of the even story. disappointed that it confirms incest. <laughs> no, because that's the horror. I that think so horror. much of this this horror is, and it's it's. I, I I gotta give William credit for this. The fridge horror, as you go back and read through the story, it's really evident. But like, there had you... been no real previous indication that like maybe our protagonist was mentally ill. Um. To you know. Hallucinate well, um, his brother being there. Yeah, I mean, I, the impression I'm getting was that I, I since it's not that you're led to the same conclusion as the narrator that it really was Satan who showed up in J- as Jacob. Yeah, not for anything else, but for that story part. didn't need anything supernatural to be scary, and I think it takes away from it in general. Yeah, I'm. I agree. I think it would have been more horrifying if just filled with this righteous indignation. Yeah. He just killed Jacob and thought, you know, it was just this this scarecrow, but it was just it was Jacob the whole time. You didn't, and I don't think it needed to be spelled out at the yeah, end. Yeah, it, it didn't need it, it. It 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 yeah. We get the it, idea. We get that like the the context clues are all there. If you read it close, you pick it up, and I think that's really good. I think I I really liked how that was laid out, despite how horrible the implications are, and that. And the further horrible implications that thinking all this other stuff had led to the ruination of this family. I think that would have been more satisfying than a supernatural conclusion. Right. So, so just shy of sticking the landing. Yeah. Really good buildup. Absolutely gut-wrenching, like, realization of what's going on that made both of us genuinely uncomfortable. Yeah. And make, making us uncomfortable is a good thing <laughs> yeah in this yeah here again the horror is great the yeah. horror is great in that it elicited genuine horror yeah if if the intention that it was is that it was supposed to be supernatural um it didn't need it no it, it took away from the story mm-hmm. but if the intention here is that like our protagonist is like hallucinating his brother being there that also took away from the story and 
could have been hinted at better, I think. Right. There's, I... been, there's no real previous indication in the story that, like, our protagonist is, like, seeing things, or that, that, that maybe could work, but J- o- overall, that's the fake Jacob being there was not necessary. No, I think it would have been more horrific and more poignant if it had just been our protagonist kills Jacob and doesn't realize it until the thing comes off. Thinking and he's I killed think, Satan. And I feel like maybe it's there out of worry that what happened with us was going to happen, that we kind of figured it out. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it I, doesn't work. I just think you didn't, I just think William didn't have to spell it out at the end either. Yeah. Like, yeah. again, the strength of the story is the fridge horror, I think. I think good a lot of good fiction does handle it that way. So, and I get the concern with wanting to make sure that that's clear, but I think I think the reader can be given a little more credit for that. Someone who reads this closely enough is going to pick up the clues, put it all together kind of like we did beforehand and then be like, "Ooh, well before." It's like if someone at stuck. the end of Rosebud said Rosebud is a sled out loud. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, shucks um even further like yeah at the end of this if at the end of the sixth sense bruce willis turns to the camera and is like you get it i was a ghost (laughs) you know what would be even more satisfying though in my opinion Uh, if the narrator still blames satan at the end yes that that would work yeah it it i feel like it consolidates a cycle a really vicious cycle with people who are like claim to be really devoutly religious, but then are like these really aggressive, horrible people as the, you know, the really bitter, bitter father turns out to be. Right. And I think that kind of grounded in re- that being kind of grounded in reality would just make it all the more satisfying. So if I was going to say anything, I think we've already made our point clear. It, it, you had us, we were, yeah. we were with it until the very end this is easily fixable oh easily you just yeah. have to it just just some revision just chop those parts out and and give uh, give the reader a little more credit yeah everything else worked everything else worked really well oh absolutely um so i think in that essence i hope that's that's feedback that um you know will uh, be beneficial because man there's so much potential here there absolutely is um i i almost don't want to throw out the freshness ratings because like i think this is this requires a little more finesse on our part you're talking about it so yeah yeah so there Um, you go i think strong start needs to stick needs to stick at the end i i I won't even say strong start i'll say strong overall but again that it you know I mean, I mean, I think, I think going back and and looking at it, I, 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 the meandering nature of some of the parts of it are all clues, and that works. That part works yeah. when you know in hindsight what's going on. Strong, strong overall, but sloppy landing. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I that's what I say. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna echo that. Gonna yeah. echo that. <sighs> um, William, thank you for sharing this with us and trusting us in our jurisdiction here. You can take it or leave it. Obviously you're the, you know, original writer of this and everything, but that's, that's just, that's just our two cents. You wanted it. There it is. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't voice these sentiments out loud uh, when scarecrow sex happened, but <laughs> you, you know, that moment is effective because my brain was searching for justification. Uh-huh. And my, like, it's like, well, if it's the brother, why is he still dressed like a scarecrow? <laughs> why is that the disguise? <laughs> Maybe something actual, actually supernatural is happening here. Like, uh, you know you've written effective horror when I'm silently praying that your story is worse. <laughs> <laughs> Better to end that. I think think on that note, on that note, that that's in in my in in the headcanon I was trying to build. The story was not as effective, but uh, no one fucked their mom. (laughs) 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 Oh my goodness! Well, 
You know, we've had to deal with this kind of stuff since Oedipus, so. That motherfucker. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> fucking dingbat. You fucking dingbat. You fucking dingbat. Oh, man. I think that's, uh, do we have any plugs? Alan, Alan, you, you already kind of gave a plug, but I don't know if that happened during the dregs. Hey, there's a plug right there. You want to hear the weird stuff me and Alan record before we're horribly traumatized by a story? Uh, you can join our Patreon at Midnight Marinara, the Midnight Marinara Patreon. And uh, you can hear uh, the bits we cut out from the beginning of the episodes when we're, me and everybody else are warming up. Uh, this is a good one, I think. Uh, we learn a lot about Alan and G Fuel. True. Not that you didn't know a lot as, about Alan and G Fuel already. And but. as uninteresting as that sounds, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that there are episodes of Dregs that I think there are a couple episodes of dregs that i think are funnier than the episodes we ended up of uca we ended up doing i was gonna say it i agree i i absolutely agree they're well worth listening to you can get those uh at any donation level if you want it's just a whatever amount a month there's a very Um, there's a very very specific one where i'm debating with david and kayla about having sex with ghosts If you want to hear all that, it's there. You just it's just a donation. And hey, there's a lot of other backup content. And furthermore, if you are a patron, your stories, if you want to share your stories with us, they get priority. Anybody can send a story to us to share, though. You can email those to us at midnightmarinera at gmail.com. And uh, we'll take a look at them. I've got a little queue built up. But yeah, I try to prioritize patron stories just for the sake of uh, saying thanks for supporting this project and creative horror in general. Uh, both this and Midnight Marinara. And hey, speaking of creative horror, go check out some of the other shows on there. Aforementioned Midnight Marinara, Trick or Track, Darkly Lit, The Witching Hour. You got there's there's a good amount of fun stuff on that on that network, all done by friends and uh, family of this show. Oh, weird addendum. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the comments on uh, uh, since this is a no sleep post. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than a few of the comments are Howard Jacob in two places at once. <laughs> So yeah, mm-hmm. could have could have been done a lot more clearly. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Talked about the story enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, thanks again. And uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I just don't know. Hey, don't do fuck you... your mom. Yeah. If there's any lesson you can take away from this story, kids, um, don't fuck your mom. I'm I'm pretty sure most people realize that that's something you shouldn't do. Yeah. But just in case. Just in case. You can never be too sure. You could never, ever be too sure. Is that too much of a downer to end on? Good evening, intrepid listeners. This is the Pasta Shade, the host of Midnight Marinera, and this podcast is part of creativehorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at creativehorror.com. Ha, 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 ha.